Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre. Supported by Abe's Door Service. With 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. Six thirty-six, and uh, we've been talking a lot about AI on the show mm. over the past uh, while. We've certainly been talking about that Chat GPT mm-hmm. and what what that means for a lot of organizations. What does what does it mean for your student for students? What does it mean for those who are teaching? Uh, okay, I, I I taught a course uh, for a little while yeah. at Nate, and what and there were there were essays, there were full mm-hmm. reports that had to be written. And the paranoia that I had was trying to figure out whether anything had been yeah. plagiarized. Was there cheating? It's hard to tell in some yeah. cases, right? And you get good at that. With the, the artificial intelligence, you would think it would be even more so. So there, there are a couple of ways to look at it, both in the negative, but what are the positives as well? So let's dive into a little bit of both. Uh, Carson Mundell is the acting vice provo for the U of A and chair of the task force on AI and the learning environment. Uh, Carson, thank you so much for joining us this morning. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me on the show. And we certainly know it's going to be a big deal when there's a task force. <laughs> so tell us why it's needed. I think I think Daryl and I touched on on a bit of it, but uh, from from your perspective, why is this needed, and what will it do? Yeah, thanks for the question. And I was yeah really excited to be chairing this task force that brings together experts from across uh, the U of A. We uh, so love working here because we have experts in every field. So we have experts that know how AI works, but we also have experts who can think about some of the ethical and social implications of AI, uh, as well as folks working with text, uh, as, as you had mentioned in the intro there, or working with with images. Um, and uh, we've also been engaged with students uh, and. Uh, uh, both at the graduate level and the undergraduate level to, to support our work and to do a sort of deeper dive, deeper thinking about what does this mean for us? What does this mean for the learning environment at the U of A uh, and, and frankly, post-secondary more broadly? Uh, I'm trying to figure out, is there a way to use artificial intelligence, something like a chat GPT, on some of your work at university and have it work uh, in a positive way? Is there a way to, to use it properly, I guess? Yeah, so that's that's a really good question and one that I, I, I'm getting a lot from students, but also from professors. And I think it's, it it really depends on what we're doing in a given course uh, and, and and what might be appropriate. So if a student is in a language learning course, um, it, it isn't appropriate probably to use a, a tool like ChatGPT to translate from one language to another because that's the skill we're actually trying to teach. Um, but in another course, um, it might make sense for the student to actually have a conversation with ChatGPT and then um, via prompt uh, and then um, submit that as well as their own reflection or perhaps have a conversation with their professor about what they agree uh, with ChatGPT about or where they disagree. Uh, so I think there's, there's a full spectrum of, of using it or, or not using it depending on, on the specific learning outcomes of a given course. Karsten, my, uh, my husband is a, is a high school teacher and in one of his courses uh, recently, um, he noticed that 
well, something that was just a little off in something that one of his students submitted. Let's put it that way. And it found out that the, the student had used, um, you know, a chat GPT or something like that. And, you know, they talked they talked about it and uh, he admitted to it, went on, and, and then they figured it out from there. Again, it's, you know, all levels that are dealing with right now. But how are uh, teachers able to and how are they able to, to, to figure out if AI is being used? Yeah, that is, again, another question I'm receiving a lot. Uh, so, so the UV is not uh, subscribing to uh, detection applications or software. So that's one solution that some uh, folks have proposed. Uh, so you run a piece of text through uh, an application or a software. Uh, but we're not doing that and it, because uh, it's sort of a bit of a chicken and egg game or a whack-a-mole kind of mm-hmm. situation as the AI evolves. And so what we're really doing is working with our instructors to uh, create what we would call authentic assessment. Assessments. Um, so uh, uh, ways for students to demonstrate their learning, uh, whether it's through writing, through speaking, through uh, visual media, um, that that are, are that are things that, that ChatGPT won't know about. So you can reference things that you've discussed in class, for example. Mm. Um, and so uh, by, by creating authentic assessments, it, it is much uh, easier to tell when a student has um, perhaps consulted other sources than, than what they should be. Um, the other piece that we're doing is really wanting to make sure that people foreground uh, how they've engaged with AI as they've completed an assignment. Much like we cite sources, we want people to cite, hey, I've used AI in these ways. Carson, sorry, Daryl, I was just going to say, can you remember when we went to school which is making sure you got the footnotes right so you didn't get in trouble. I mean, like that, that, how things have changed. A lot. Oh, boy. So for teachers, Karsten, um, to try it and, and, and dig deeper and get a, a true understanding, if you have huge classes at large-scale lectures, just, just logistically, how can you spend so much time with individual students in order to try to circumvent some of these AI challenges? Yeah, for sure. So that, that certainly is one of the challenges. One of the things that we're really fortunate at the U of A is that we have um, um, many of our large classes are supported by our graduate students working as teaching assistants. Um, and so the, the graduate students are this really interesting space where they're uh, doing their own education, their own uh, work uh, as academics, um, and as well as supporting uh, undergraduate students. And so certainly to be successful in these larger classes, um, definitely working with our, our TAs to help help uh, help them help the professors uh, and students to think about uh, thoughtful engagement uh, with AI. It's going to be fascinating to watch this continue to evolve, uh, Karsten. Thanks for joining us this morning and and uh, giving us uh, an idea of how the U of A is uh, working with it and, and moving forward on this front. We re- really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Yeah, take care. Uh, someone texted someone text in and says, don't be, don't be uh, knocking ChatGPT. We're not knocking ChatGPT no, at just, all. No, it's just you've got to know how to use it or what to use it, what the dangers, exactly. what the pros are. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's a brilliant tool. Yeah. It's, it's, there's so many things that it can be used for. It's just a matter of yeah. that academic integrity yeah. is really important. That's kind of funny, too. It's talking about how things have changed when we were wearing oh, footnotes. Yeah. Gary says, uh, we used to just copy out of the encyclopedia. <laughs> uh, there was an AI, and they knew exactly... <laughs>
Uh, did that work for you, Gary? Oh, man. I think maybe you had a teacher who wasn't paying attention if that actually worked for you. Did you have encyclopedias at your house growing no, up? No, there's no way. Do you know how expensive yeah. those stupid things were? Yeah. I loved going through them at the school, school library, yeah. though, because it was, look at all this information. So cool. It's just stunning to think of the change from an encyclopedia, a published book, and how quickly science and fact and discovery changes. <laughs> you read my mind. <laughs> you read my mind. Yeah. You might, yeah, because like, you'd go in there. I think you could buy them. I don't know if it was like door-to-door salesmen oh, or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. And they came They came around. And, of course, I don't think we didn't have any at our place. If we ever got any, it was kind of left over from a garage sale somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, these days, how, quick, <laughs> how quickly they'd have to be updated. Can oh, you gosh. imagine trying to sell those things? Because I don't remember exactly how much they were. Maybe somebody in Shedville does. Maybe you bought something yeah. in the 70s or early 80s. Uh, and it's like, how much was I think it would, you had to do it in payments and installments. Yeah, I, think I think you got up to like $1,200. <laughs> and back in the day, that's that a lot of money. Been, holy jeebus. Funkin' Wagnalls. Uh, or what was the other ones? There the was Britanni- other ones. Oh, Britannia. Oh, Encyclopedia Britannica. Yes. Funkin' Wagner? Funkin'. Uh, oh, uh, Rand Rand McNally. McNally? Yeah. Uh, the Britan- Britannia, Britannica, Britannica, the, the Encyclopedia Brica- Britannica. Yeah, yes. that's what yeah. it was. Yeah. Oh, memories, <laughs> all dusty, <laughs> just like those encyclopedias that great. you'll find at a garage sale yeah. this oh, summer. Great. We're antiques. Yeah, <laughs> you said it. I, I remember when. Oh, Let's geez. take a pause here. <laughs> we'll be back with more on uh, the all new this morning with Jalen and Daryl right after this. This morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre is brought to you by Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca. On the first day of summer, somebody's turned up the furnace here in the uh, control room. It is hot in here, but we're keeping all the clothes on, baby. Welcome to the last five years of my life. (laughs) Men, pause to think about that. Yes, men, pause to think about that and just enjoy. No, it is is hot. Quite honestly, I'm scared to respond. It's okay. It's okay. It is hot in here, although when we came in, it was the, the thermometer. Thermometer? Thermometer. The it's a thermometer. Kikuchi. The thermostat. <laughs> <laughs> the Kikuchi. That's from something that. completely sure, different. Sure, now I can say it. Um, the thermostat was set at 25 in here. Huh. 25. Wow, that's hot. So we dropped that's... it down to 920. I so actually uh, turned my furnace on when I left the house for my wife this Aww. morning because it was pretty chilly in the house. Uh, I've yeah. seen so many people going, oh, I'm not turning my furnace. Why the, why the revulsion over? If it's cold, turn the damn furnace on. That's why you have it. <laughs> like, But people are just stubborn. So, it's an, oh, it's I'm an not excellent doing point. It. I won't do point. it in, <laughs> yeah. it's almost summer. Because uh, I'm one of those guys, right? I'm are one you? of those guys. Yeah. I don't I don't like it. And I, I thought, this is out of character for me, but I'm going to yeah. turn it because it was that cold in the house this morning. I got home last night. I was uh, emceeing an event with Jan Arden at the Jubilee uh, last evening. And so by the time I got home, it was, I don't know, like 9.30, 9.15, 9.30. Yeah, it was it was a late one for me. My goodness, <laughs> wild and crazy. I don't think I got to bed till about 10.15, which could explain the little punkiness this morning. But anyway, I walked in the house. 
And the front of the house was cool. And I walked into kind of the kitchen family room area. And I was like, my gosh, it's hot in here. I looked at my husband like, did you have the fireplace on? And he did have the fireplace Mm. on because the ding-dong dogs (laughs) decided last night (laughs) to run the fence line with the German Shepherd next door. And that's where a bunch of the water had pooled. So they were just just covered in mud, soaking wet. So Coach had to... Hose them all down and whatever, and then they curl up in front of the fireplace. Oh, the to... babies can't get a chill. But I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh. Coach, ah. Coach just treats everyone so nice in that house. Man, he, he does. Thinks, yeah. He's a good man. He's a good man. Uh, we were talking, <laughs> <laughs> and you know it. Uh, let's talk about AI a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so last uh, segment, we were talking about the University of Alberta and this task force yep. that they're setting up to figure out how to deal with AI in the school for the uh, professors and for the students. Listen to this. Uh, there's a station, a radio station in Oregon, uh, 95.5. Uh, they're saying that t- today will be the first, uh, the world debut of the first AI DJ. Uh, her name, and, and this is interesting how they've done this. So Ashley Elzinga is the actual, is, is human, the actual DJ. human DJ, and she has spent the last uh, number of months putting her voice into this computer system so that she can be out of a job well done no she said no, she said it's not she said this is how they managed to keep her to stay on that she would work with it to do this uh she says um her part-time position and pay will remain the same so it means that she has three other jobs um so she spent several hours speaking to train the program so she read scripts into it and now it is going live to air so take a listen to this Today, I go from just Ashley to AI Ashley on Live 95.5. So let's see how close the AI sounds to me. Today, I go from just Ashley to AI Ashley on Live 95.5. Let's see how close the AI sounds to me. <laughs> so that's pretty that's close. Crazy. A little faster. That sounds like me. I guess I have the day off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have a lot of days off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So interesting, though. I mean, you could. I think a bit of the smoothness wasn't there. It was there. Yeah, not there. Uh, but that will continue to evolve. Mm-hmm. It'll get better, and, yeah, yeah. and it'll learn. And apparently uh, AI got, got bored with just having her read and wanted to know more about her. Yeah, That's kind of creepy. Uh, apparently, she said uh, the, this program got sick of hearing her read scripts and asked to get to know Ashley the person. Ashley, tell me about yourself. It wanted to find out who I was. It wanted uh, to know the person behind the voice. And what's your PIN number? And where do you live? Who's your family member? I'm like, so when does, does that... Does that mean like the computer is becoming, is, what's the word, sent, sentient? sentient? No, I think it's just programming in that case. I don't think it's sentient. Because at that point, I'd probably pick up the program and throw the computer and throw it out. <laughs> like, I'm getting out of here, Terminator! <laughs> I'm sorry, Ashley, we can't do that. 